Ooh, this is AOK Radio, your go-to place for a little escape. Inner child, current child, adults, come on down for an easy listen. This is I Escape signing off. Whoever and wherever you are, welcome. The escape begins right now. What's up? AOK Radio signing on. So, in this episode of Kingdom Hearts 1, the retrospective series, we visit a world that is extremely slept on. How slept on is it, you wonder? It's the only entry in the whole Kingdom Hearts series. And granted, they only did the one movie, and then the second movie of Tarzan was a prequel, but then they had the whole animated series. But as I've said time and time again, as much as I would love them to visit the animated series because of the awesome plot lines. Like, literally, for those who didn't see the animated Tarzan uh, cartoon, there's literally a uh, cartoon episode where they find this underground world in the jungle somewhere where Tarzan lives that has dinosaurs. It's kind of like that Ice Age movie, um, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, where they just find this spot underground that's just untouched by time and they dealt with velociraptors i think they dealt with a t-rex at one point i don't remember for sure but i do remember the velociraptors and i thought that alone would be really cool just have a bunch of a mixture of regular dinosaurs and heartless dinosaurs that would be so fun and i would have loved seeing that in kingdom Hearts 3 and seeing certain characters we didn't get to see in the original one from uh, tantor to uh, what was his name I keep wanting to say the professor. Maybe he was called the professor also. Because every time I think of the professor, I think of the professor from Futurama. Good news, everyone. But um, I can't remember her name, but it was Jane's father. Um, he was absent from the, from the game, and so was Tantor. But most of the characters from, most of the main characters from the movie, other than them, were in the uh, world, which was cool, but it was a bummer not seeing them. Even as just random NPCs that only said a few words here and there, you know, at least acknowledging that they're there would have been cool. But anyway, so this is the first world where we kind of get a full. Oh, no, I said that wrong. The last episode was the first world where we got to really see how this trio would handle things together. Would they be a team with potential? Could they rise to the occasion that they that they have thrust upon them or would they inevitably fail so we found out that they worked pretty well together they got through the whole world they failed in saving alice but i mean i can't really blame them for that they were very very preoccupied with the queen of hearts stupid antics <laughs> her shenanigans as a queen a, f a horrible queen of that i would hate to be in that kingdom fortunately wonderland has a lot of other kingdoms and fun places to be that is definitely not one of them so we if you go usually i think my first time around what i did was i th i think the first time around i went back to traverse town to restock on like items and to see if you had um the chance to get new weapons because in kingdom Hearts one the only place you could really get new weapons for Donald and Goofy or new items in general like your HP, AP boost, all that stuff was going to Traverse Town. You couldn't really go anywhere else 
unlike the future Kingdom Hearts games. But it was kind of it was kind of cool. It gave you more reasons to go back to Traverse Town, explore more things. You know, it, it was kind of the first hint to showing, hey, there's more stuff you can do in these worlds as you go along, which was great. I love that in games. I used to really hate backtracking, but as I got older, I started to respect it because of the fun things you get to usually um, unlock later on. And typically in these types of games, from this to Fallen Order, um, Horizon Zero Dawn, games like this, even Control, uh, these games made it definitely worth your while. Um, some more than others, but there we go. So Sora, Donald, and Goofy, um, after you go back to Traverse Town, or if you feel pretty confident, you can go straight from Wonderland to the Deep Jungle. And once you go there, Sora immediately is like, hey, a new world, Don, uh, Kairi, Riku, and Kairi could be there. And you gotta wonder... How in the world could they have ended? Like, I, I can only imagine what's going through Sora's head. He ended up in Traverse Town through this crazy black hole that just thrusted him into Traverse Town, the world where usual, um, where most people go when they lose their world. I, and honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I got to come back to this again real quick. How cool would it have been if we saw more Disney characters in Traverse Town? Imagine if we just saw, like, I don't know. So, for instance... The Seven Princesses of Hearts, we see Snow White, we see Sleeping Beauty, uh, Jasmine, because not all of them are ones that we are, are from worlds we actually visit. Imagine if Gaston was there, because Gaston has been slept on in the whole Kingdom Hearts series, excluding uh, Unchained Key. And he's there for some reason, but not in one and two. I get it. It would have been even it would have been even more annoying if he didn't appear in two. Especially because, you know, once your world is restored, you go back to where you came. But I think it would have been really cool having a setup where Gaston is there. Maybe even having a, like a, maybe not a, I mean a boss fight would be cool. But I'm like, how would that even work? <laughs> um, I can imagine him just like hunting the Heartless and he's just going out throughout. And he, you can even, I don't know, just do something with him. I think that'd be really cool. Just having random Disney characters just appear in Traverse Town. Imagine if it was periodically too, like over time, as you went back, you would see other characters. And I don't know who else could appear there that would actually make sense and be cool to see. Because I'm trying to think what other worlds disappear. There was the Lion King worlds. But it'd be it'd be really wild to see some lions just running about in Traverse Town. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But let's see who else, who else, who else? So there was Sleeping Beauty, there was Snow White. I guess it would be cool seeing the seven dwarfs there in Traverse Town. That'd be really interesting. So as an example, I'll just leave it at that. Um, so obviously Sora wants to go down there because he obviously wants to find his friends. He's desperate. He wants to make sure he covers all of his... Um, he just wants to cover all his bases. Dodo and Goofy are just like, or no, no, Go Goofy's kind of just chilling. He kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny. He does like talk, but mainly it's, I forget what he even says. I think he's trying to keep the peace, but it's not really working. He's mainly chilling, like I said. It's mainly Donald and Sora arguing here. Donald just goes about, goes about saying, Mickey, King Mickey wouldn't be in a backwater place like this. We're gone. And already you can see, 
Yikes. Donald is already not keeping the deal that they had. And technically, they never... I mean, they technically did shake on it. They did the all-for-one-and-one-for-all thing. That's that's shaking. That's their version. That's Donald... Uh, that's Sora, uh, not Sora, because that was his first time. But I, I guess I can count him in there too. But originally, that was Mickey, Donald, and Goofy's thing in other cartoons, mainly in the uh, Three Musketeers one. But of course, obviously, that's a reference to that and other things. So that's their version of shaking on it. Like, hey, we're going to do this together. But automatically, Donald doesn't even mention Kyrie and Riku. He automatically just focuses on the king, which shows a good character. Uh, it shows Donald's personality. He's he's tunnel vision mainly on the king for obvious reasons, but he, he it's showing that he doesn't really care about Sora's interests. He only is focused on the big issue, and I can't really be mad at him at that. But I am mad at how Donald handled it. He's not showing any, he's not showing any um, empathy for Sora, and that sucks. So Sora actually takes control of the ship he's fighting to get the steering wheel to force them to land and this ends up making them crash the gummy ship (laughs) and this is something i always wondered about the kingdom hearts games where does the gummy ship ever end up at like do they do they just do they like park it just outside the the atmosphere and then they just the gummy ship like transports them down because that wouldn't really make sense, because if you look at, I mean, I guess it could make sense, who knows, they never showed it, but if you look at how it was in Disney Castle, with um, Donald and Goofy and Jiminy getting on the ship, on the gummy ship, it rises up on the platform, they get in, and they just launch into space, so they must land the gummy ship somewhere, I'm kind of mad they never, like, touch up on that, like, no one ever, no one ever sees this gummy ship, and they're like, oh, what is this, I must look into this maybe i can flip it for some money like no one ever tried to steal the gummy ship granted maybe they camouflage it i don't know maybe they oh what if they like shrunk it down and like put it in their pocket or something that'd be kind of cool kind of like how the flash has his uh his whole well it was a was a barry or i think it was barry i think it was he was either barry or alan i think it was barry who would have his whole suit in his ring and he would pop it open it would just pop out can't think of the oh and or ant-man with uh like the tank and stuff like that from the Ant-Man movies. So I think that'd be kind of cool. But anyway, this was, that's just something I wish they would establish. It'd be kind of a cool running gag if someone always tried to like mess it up or something. Um, so they end up in different spots of the deep jungle. Sora crashes head first, head first into um, Tarzan's parents' old treehouse. And... Wow, he should be dead. (laughs) This shows how adorable Sora is. Not just his shoes, which could probably fall from the moon down to Earth and still be fine just because of how big his shoes are alone. But he could fall on his head from wherever he fell. He fell at least a good 50 feet. (laughs) At least. Crashing through wood and probably landed on his head too and was fine. No broken bones or nothing. That's awesome. This dude is remarkably durable. Don't know Goofy land elsewhere. Goofy is saying how he hopes Sora's okay. And Don was like, who needs him? And he's already forgetting. Dude, you need Sora. This is the whole reason y'all are out on this adventure. You got orders from the king to 
have Sora with you or whoever had the key, you're being pretty bad as the uh, king's mage right now. Like his second in command, basically. What, what are you doing, man? Or I guess third in command because you have the queen. Queen Mini, so I don't know. I, they're kind of like... I don't know. I, I was going to say, I, I, I guess, the, with, the king, with the king and queen, they're kind of like head-to-head, so they're both like in command, and then the second in command, the second tier, I guess, would be the mage and then the king of the guard, which is uh, who Goofy is, but whatever. So actually, this is the first time we see um, Kerjack, not Kerjack, uh, Turk, and no voice acting at all for Turk. That's such a bummer. And I know it was, uh, oh shoot, what was her name? Oh, she was on all that. Dang, I forgot her name. Oh, wait, let me, let me look that up real quick. And while I'm saying that, I can comment on some other things too. So what they did here was actually interesting. The whole idea of Deep Jungle, it takes place when they are pretty much well-established. So it's obvious that they've been there for a few weeks. Uh, Clayton mentions that. And so at this point, you, you can see in the camp when Sora ends up there uh, meeting with Donald and Goofy at a, at a, a, little, at a later point. You see they've been there for a couple of weeks. Tarzan has learned English, uh, loose English. And uh, overall, I think that's kind of cool. But you would figure that Donald and Goofy would be able to, you know, converse with other animals, even if they weren't speaking English. But, I mean, maybe that's not really, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just an ignorant thing to say. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Rosie O'Donnell. There we go. I don't. I thought she was in all that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So apparently, Rosie O'Donnell only reprised her role as Turk once. Apparently, in Tarzan Two, Brenda Great did her role in Tarzan Two, and then and and then in Tarzan and Jane, which I believe was the animated series, was April Winchell. Wait, I thought it was just call Tarzan the animated series or was Tarzan and Jane something else Tarzan the animated series let me look this up real quick I'm very curious yeah there was Tarzan the animated series and then there was oh wait it's not showing me there was the legend of Tarzan oh okay so it was called the legend of Tarzan I could have sworn it was just called Tarzan the Animated Series. Oh, well. So, two seasons, 39 episodes. Not a strong run, but it was not bad, honestly. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the chance real quick to, like, mention some characters that should have, like, that they could have involved in this series if they were to do more. Oh, here we go. Professor Archimedes Q. Porter. That was the name of the father of Jane. So, let me see here. So we got leader of the rhinoceros herd. Okay. I'm trying to remember that one guy who was kind of the rival to Tarzan. He was um, a part of an African tribe. Jabari. No. Actually, I think this is just show. No, this is the movie. 
No, no, this is a series. This is a series. Oh, new Patrick Harris was in this movie. Or this, I keep saying the movie. It's this, I'm, I'm looking up the series right now. Oh, you know what would be a really cool thing? It would have been really cool having the uh, the sister of Clayton like come back. Because in one animated series episode, she came back and poisoned Tarzan to get revenge on him for killing her brother. And I thought that would have been an interesting like plot point. Like that's one interesting thing. Um I'm trying to think what else they we could do here. Queen Law, which was really cool. She was a high priestess who fell in love with Tarzan. And she was one who turned people into lizard men. And that was she was a really, really cool character. So um, I'm just going to leave those at that. Those were really cool, uh, plot points. I think that could be, that it could have been involved in the series, but anyway, so at this point, um, Sora is kind of by himself in the treehouse, going back to where we left off, um, before we skipped ahead to the camp campsite. So we find out Sora is not alone and Deborah? De Deborah? No, I don't think it's Deborah. That's Dragon Ball Z. Sabor. Yeah, it's Sabor. The leopard came back to the treehouse, the one, the same one that killed Tarzan's parents. He comes there to attack Sora. You have a little, a, a short little mini boss, and a cool little reoccurring boss actually. And who comes in to save you? George of the Jungle himself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's Tarzan. <laughs> um, and that was your introduction, and you kind of see. After this fight, after he saves you, they have their interactions. Sora's kind of confused because Tarzan's kind of just imitating what he's saying, um, speaking a little bit of gorilla, and Tar Sora's kind of trying to make sense of what's going on here. He's trying to... And at this point, he sees a glimpse of Kairi walk behind Tarzan. And it, it, it seems surreal. It kind of seems almost dreamlike the way she's walking about. And this is kind of the first foreshadowing of where Kairi is and why she, why he only sees instances of Kairi, but never anything of Riku, even before he realizes what Riku has been doing, who he's become, and so forth. It's a cool foreshadowing of what's to happen in the future, which I thought was really well subtle writing. And... I'll mention that too at a later point because I don't really want to spoil it just yet. I mean, most people who are listening to this are fans who know it all, but just in case, um, I guess it doesn't really matter. Well, okay, I'll just say it. If you don't know, skip ahead like 15 seconds. I like how they established, uh, and this is the spoiler part right here. Um, skip ahead now. I like how Sora had essentially Kyrie harbored in his heart the whole time and they were showing these subtle hints that that was why he was seeing portions of her acting about throughout the worlds from here to there hopefully that was under 15 seconds but yeah <laughs> um so when it comes to this i thought this is an interesting dynamic between the two um sora at first gets excited that he's finally kind of breaking that uh, language barrier with Tarzan. 
And he's like, yes, I'm looking for my friends. Uh, Donald and Goot, he stops. And then he's, he kind of he kind of starts to remember what just happened. And then he goes, you know what? No, never mind. I'm looking for my friends, Riku and Kairi. And at this point, you kind of see this little issue grow between the two. I, I feel sorry for Goofy because he's kind of just the third party in this. Uh, he's the one who's actually like, man, I hope Sora's okay. And Sora's just like, forget that talking dog and duck. I don't care. And yet I'm still surprised that how Sora looked at these two and never like freaked out that there's a talking anim- there's a talking dog and duck. And they obviously have, they're sentient and they're talking to him and they're just like, what? what? I, I'm mad Sora never had that interaction because there's no reason for him to look at them and go, oh, this is normal. <laughs> but anyway, um, with that, they go on, we, we venture off into the deep jungle. The music starts and man, does the music get me hype every time. And the title sequence of Deep Jungle was really cool. I was kind of just like punched out into the sky, which is really cool. Tarzan goes off and leaps off the treehouse into the jungle, uh, showing where you need to go. And this actually is a time that I usually take to explore the treehouse a little bit. Because you can find some chests laying about. Some of them you can't get just yet, but there are some chests you can get, whether it's at the base of the treehouse, back inside, and so forth. And then once you go down to follow him, you add him to his, to your party, of course. You can go on this cool little mini-game that I never really cared too much for about the mini-games in this series, but I think this was fun. It was definitely something that showed the people who design the levels of these games we're designing them with care because who didn't look at tarzan with the whole vine surfing thing and think that would be something i would love to do but i would never do it without any shoes on how can you imagine the calluses on tarzan's feet doing all that vine surfing for years can you imagine the splinters he must have got when he first started doing it ow i mean that just one big callus like it the, the palms of his feet are just one big callus and nothing else like there's nothing that can be done about that just one thick callus that just sounds horrible but that's what that's what happens um at this point there's um you can actually go back to it at a later point and do more so that was actually pretty cool i liked how they handled that you can come back and do more levels of it which include collecting these fruits that actually rewards you, get you some cool uh, items later on. So it's definitely worth coming back to, and especially if you're a completionist to it. It gives you some nice perks. They unlock as you progress in the game. I believe they're all fully unlocked by the time you reach Hollow Bastion, if I remember correctly. Or I could be wrong. You might actually be able to go back immediately after you beat the level, the beat the, the, the story part of the level, and I think you can actually progress and do it all right there. I, I could be wrong, but either way, you try whatever. Or you could just Google it and see. Either way, it works out. Um, and this is when you finally arrive at the camp. And this is when you find out Sabor is just 
he is vindictive. He is uh, he's vindictive and persistent. He just follows you around throughout the world, whether or not you have Tarzan in your crew. And I thought this was cool. You know, he's pretty much your first little mini boss. He just keeps coming back. And you don't have to beat him. You can just leave and he won't follow you. I mean, he might follow you sometimes like he'll you can fight him in the campgrounds. And I think I think before you fight him for the last time as a full-fledged boss, I think he can hit I think he can get you in the campgrounds all the way up to the gorilla area, all the way to the gorilla's nest, I think. If not, he can get you at least in there and then the wild grass area. But yeah, he'll just keep coming back. And I thought that was actually really cool. But yeah, you don't have to fight him. But if you do fight him, you get a nice uh, XP boost. And this is when the story finally uncovers of what's going on. Of of um, Tarzan pretty much helping them learn more about the gorillas. But unfortunately, Clayton has more on his on his list than just communicating with the gorillas and learning more about them. He wants to bring a couple home, have some heads hung from his wall, pretty much. And uh, that's not going to end well for him. Uh, I'll say that in the least. And here you can kind of get those hints because he flat out just says hunting gorillas at one point when and Jane says, dude, we're not hunting them. We're, we're studying them. What are you talking about? And... I'm just like, man, you you guys really goofed when you got Clayton. Like, wow. <laughs> but it's whatever. Uh, so Sora kind of has this conversation with Jane. She's really happy to see him. Um, Clayton just bad mouths him. Like, these guys look like they're from the circus. And like, you can't really argue with that. You have a, a kid with big yellow shoes, brown spiky hair, this big key and then a talking dog and duck which they're not surprised at at all either and this is kind of a running theme no one is ever surprised throughout the whole series of a big talking dog and duck even when they're in the more realistic worlds like tar uh i was about to say tarzan again but yeah right from even agravah because there's not really you got a boo, but he doesn't talk. He just, I mean, he does talk, but he he doesn't speak English like Donald and Goofy do. Or then you go to, what else, Pirates of the Caribbean, to Tron, you know, the the more realistic worlds, and no one bats an eye at this talking dog and duck. It's so weird. But it's also very uh funny that no one ever notices. It's like the whole thing with Superman, how when his glasses is on, even in his whole Superman getup, they're like, oh, it's Clark Kent. And then he takes his glasses off. Oh, it's Superman. It's like that whole thing, which is hilarious. And to me, it never gets old. It's always kind of funny. But whatever. Uh, we get to the point here where we obviously see a division. We see we all, we obviously get hints that Clayton is definitely up to no good. And Jane and Tarzan don't really notice it. They kind of just feel like, yeah, he's cool. He, you know, forget the shotgun and the and the and the evil kind of mustache. He's evil twirling mustache. He's fine. Nobody, nobody bad an eye at this guy. And with this, we kind of help Jane with this kind of a scavenger project where we're going to grab these. Uh, what are they called? They are these pictures 
for her projector. And this was a nice little homage to the movie too. And one thing that I noticed is, like I said before, the the level design for each of these worlds really hit home. You really do feel like you're in each world of the respective Disney movies. Um, if you go outside of the camp, once you go outside of the camp and, and collect those projectors, you find the you find the easel and a pencil sketch of when Jane was drawing Tarzan in the movie. You see the uh, tea kettle set that is designed after the tea kettle uh, mother and kid from the Beauty and the Beast movie. And everything is just designed really well. And I gotta say, this is still a bum, a bummer that we don't have the professor or... Why am I forgetting his name already? Uh, Tantor. Like, it, if they were at least in the campsite, like, just even if they didn't go inside, it's like, I, I still don't even get why the father wasn't even mentioned at all. He just does not exist in this version. It just does not make sense. But I did do some more research, and I found out they just lost the rights to it and never, I don't, it's never mentioned that they even tried to get the rights back. I guess they just, eh, I don't know. And going from here, um, we eventually get to the point where Tarzan wants to talk to the... He wants to talk to Kerjak, who's the alpha male, and then talk to... I almost said Nala. It's not Nala. That's Simba's boo thing. Um, I forgot Nala. I, for, I said Nala again. Kerjak's wife. I don't remember his name, but of course Tarzan's uh, mother. They don't talk at all in this game. That's another bummer. And I get that. There's only so much you can fit before the world is kind of oversaturated. But man, I'm bummed they didn't say anything. Even having them talk to Tarzan when he's talking to them to allow them into the to the nesting grounds. It's just Tarzan talking. And that's it. I'm, it, was, it was such a bummer. So seeing scenes like this to... Um, let's see, seeing scenes from this, we end up, before we get to that, actually, what I meant to say was we leave the tent after Tarzan is convinced by them that we, uh, he allows us to go talk to Kerjak and the wife. We actually go into the, the vine area, which is really cool. We climb up to the trees and there's this little area with water and hippos that we can jump on and kind of platform and stuff and it's a little tricky because you can miss the hippo altogether you the hippos will go underwater after a while so it's nice little things like this that i really appreciated about uh the the tarzan road and just the worlds on kitty marts one in general there's a lot of puzzle small puzzle based platforming areas like this that really make the game more fun to me and i know Worlds like this weren't really the most favored with a lot of people, but I think it's honestly one of my favorites, and I, I, I'm always going to stand up for worlds like this. So once you go up to the vine area, you can go up into the treetops, and you can swing around on the vines. It's a little awkward, but I'm, I'm glad they did try it. And for what they did at the time, it wasn't that bad, honestly. And you can swing around to a couple different areas and pick up chests and stuff. And then once you go progress further enough, you can actually 
uh, get to that cutscene where Tarzan talks to Kerjack and the wife to allow them in. But of course, they're they're like, no, we're not allowing outsiders in here. But it's cool because Goofy at one point leans over to Donald and he, he asks, did you catch any of that? Donald says, nope, not a clue, nothing. And this shows essentially that Tarzan was talking to them in ape, but for, you know, the metagaming part of it was they just had uh, Tarzan's ape talk translated into English for us, so he's not just, ooh, 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 ah, you know, the whole time, which would have been kind of funny, but I'm glad they didn't go that route. And next at that, we can go back to the treehouse, and we see Kerjack kind of playing by himself, and he's... That didn't that didn't sound right. Kerjack playing. Wait, did I say Kerjack? Turk. Wait, and Turk's a girl. Yeah, Turk's a girl. Turk was playing by herself. Excuse me. She's kind of just messing with this globe, just spinning it around. And who do we see aiming down his sights at her? Clayton. I'm just like, how did he? How did he find the treehouse? How did how did he get so far ahead of us and we didn't notice? It's just crazy, but I'm guessing he must have just separated himself from us at one point and just went up to that treehouse and was about to legit just body Turk. And who saves her? Donald Duck. And I do like that, too, because I think that was part of the reason why Turk ended up kind of like getting a crush on him at the end of the level. I think that was why, because, I mean, Donald literally was the one that saved her life because he if he didn't yell like that and cause Clayton to miss the shot, yeah, Turk would have been a trophy for Clayton, hands down. And, yeah, Clayton has some splaining to do. So, at this point, and this is, this is what surprised me. I'm, I'm actually very surprised we didn't see, like, a, a fight scene happen at this point. Because when Turk goes up there and flees, she f runs past Kerjack. The one who kind of legitimately has anger issues in the movie, a little bit. I'm actually flat out surprised he didn't go on and fight um, Clayton. And to be fair, he did fight Clayton in the movie and died. Or wait, did he die? I'm pretty sure he died. If he didn't, he got mortally wounded at least. He got shot by Clayton, hands down. And... I'm not saying I wanted Clayton to die. No, yeah, excuse me. I'm not saying I wanted Kerjack to die, but I would have loved to see them fight still. And seeing a different version of why he would have fought Clayton would have been really cool to see. And I think this would have been really cool. A, 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 a little earlier um, establishment of Clayton fighting and failing, and then we fight him again later on. So my idea would have been um, Clayton jumps in the... F or, Kerjack, I mean, jumps in the fight, and obviously Tarzan tries to stop them at first, but Kerjack just throws Tarzan out of the way, and I'm thinking Sora tries to defend him too because you know they don't really want anyone to die. They, it's kind of I think I feel like that would be Sora's his heroism, his heroism shining. He doesn't want to see anyone die or get mortally wounded yeah Clayton was in the wrong but he deserves like at the very least he should just be kicked out of the jungle and that's it you know because obviously 
Kerjak would have tried to kill him, <laughs> or Clayton would have tried to kill him, vice versa. So either way, it it wouldn't have ended well, most likely. And I think that would have been really cool, having a little a bit of a boss fight between the two of them. Like, imagine if you had to, like, fight both of them. Like, Kerjak and Clayton, you had to, and with Tarzan, you had to, like, subdue both of them. And then Clayton flees. He heads down to the camp to try and, like, get his stuff and leave or something like that. And then they get into the argument that they do where Clayton is kind of just, um, he's trying to defend himself, but obviously Sora, Tarzan, and them know what they saw. They're standing with Jane, and he just gets out of the, out of the uh, tent. And then why in the world does he monologue about calling them imbeciles and he'll hunt down every last gorilla? Literally feet from the camp, or literally feet from the tent, dude. That tent is not soundproof. They, they were probably listening in there hearing every single thing about to go out and body you for threatening them and Tarzan's family. Like, you, you idiot. That's villain. That's that's ignorant villain, villainy. Villainry? Villain, villainy? Villainy. That's ignorant villainy 101. That's why most villains lose most of the time because they just don't think. But anyway... Um, at this point, he ends up getting attacked by Sabor, and he shoots. And this is a cool part of the game where we end up having to kind of run about saving the gorillas from the Heartless that are appearing now. And who... Because actually, now that I think about it, if I remember correctly, before... No, I, wa I, I wanted to say before this, Heartless weren't really appearing in the world. I, if, I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure they don't appear until this point, because it was Clayton the darkness in his heart that drew them to this world. If I remember correctly, the only thing you fought before then was Sabor. And like I said, I could be completely wrong about this, but I think that's how it worked. And plus, the villains of evil, <laughs> the League of Evil, I should say, the Legion of Doom themselves, the Disney, uh, the Disney <laughs> Legion of Doom, um, I think it was Jafar, who had said, yeah, it was his own darkness that brought them to this world that caused his downfall, literally. And at that point, we end up just saving all the gorillas, and then we find out Jane and Turk get kidnapped. Then we have to go up to the treehouse, find some more Heartless, and fight this weird fruit that I never quite understood why that was a thing. Why are we fighting this purple fruit? Why are we having to destroy this purple fruit that just I, I I never understood it, honestly. I'm still trying to figure that out to this day. What was the purpose of that? But yeah, you to save Jane and Turk, you have to do that, and they say how the gorillas are in danger. Something's wrong with Clayton. And honestly, that part confused me because I don't remember actually. Was it was it Clayton that took them to that spot and locked them away? Or did they flee and then, you know, kinda got stuck there? I don't remember, but I think they got taken there because he clearly came into the tent and they were all freaked out, so I don't know. Cause you would think Clayton would have tried killing them right then and there, because I mean he doesn't give a crap anymore. He just wants to hunt some gorillas, or maybe he's not that blood hungry bloodthirsty whatever or villainous to kill a random person but i mean 
Turk was right there. That was your first. That was about to be your first kill. So I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts about that. Um, I really would like to hear that because I part of me never really thought about that until now. Strange, strange enough. So next up with this, this is when we finally get to fight Sabor. Once we clear out all the heartless that are attacking the gorillas, and they get to go. And fortunately, they give us some gummy ship pieces, which. When I first played it, I thought, oh, really? No no elixirs or nothing? No cool items for Donna and Goofy? Just gummy ships? Then I realized, that's eh, kind of cool. You know, you get some cool... If you really take the time to delve into the gummy ship stuff, it actually is more fun the more stuff you equip on your gummy ship and all that. But, of course, I didn't know that at the time. So, next up, after fighting Sabor for the final time... It is quite a crazy thing. So we get to the grassy area, the the high grass area, or bamboo, the bamboo garden, excuse me, something like that. <laughs> I'm misnaming everything. Um, in the middle, you see that the pipe that Clayton was smoking, it's right there. So it kind of alludes to, whoa, did Sabor kill Clayton? Oh, that didn't happen in the movie. But it kind of alludes to that, like, whoa, that's he, d dude. So it's like, so you're telling me, you're telling me Sabor ate every, every part of Clayton, even the gun, but stopped at the pipe. Is that, is that what you're telling me? Cause that, that's hardcore. That, that Sabor was hungry. He was hungry. Like I had, a, I had to add an extra adjective. No, I had to add an extra syllable in there. He was that hungry. But anyway, when we get to this point, he jumps out, and then you have to fight him, and it's really cool. I like how vicious they made Sabor. And, you know, he, he jumps into the bamboos, he disappears, comes out another side, he's really fast, and when he strikes you, if you're not leveled up just enough, or if you're fighting on a harder difficulty, pretty much like every other fight, but Sabor does, he's built different, he's really fast, and he'll take you out really fast. And I've found... Like even when you have Tars on your on your team, it can be it can be definitely tricky. But he's not as bad compared to the next boss fight. Cause who is it other than Clayton? But it's not just Clayton. So after we beat Sabor, we get the White Fang, a really cool accessory that ups our MP, HP, and I think our AP as well, or strength. It up it, it like does three different things if I remember correctly, and. That's it. Sabor is dead. We, we legitimately finally killed him. He just falls flat dead and we take a tooth because why not? And apparently taking his teeth gives us <laughs> gives us higher, uh, higher stats. That's so weird. I can really imagine just Sora like just sneaking up on him, just yanks out his fangs like I got power ups. But he goes out. We go out to the next area. And then this is when we see. The gorilla's running about, and this is when we see Clayton about to take out Kerjack. And I'm still really confused about this. They never, I guess they were trying to keep the E-rated, the E-rating on this, because they didn't want to show, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it now, they definitely had to be careful, because the more stuff they include in their games, like the other, uh, especially with 3, I know 2 and 3 were definitely closer to that teen rating, than uh, one was, but I know one thing, thinking about it now, they definitely had to keep certain things out of their games, sequences and stuff, so, because I know Disney 
um, especially doesn't want that game to go over a teen rating because teen in the gaming community is basically PG-13. And, and while Disney is more okay with doing PG-13 things nowadays, Kingdom Hearts is definitely not one of those things they want to step into those boundaries. But anyway, um, yeah, but I'm still really bummed Kerjack never really tried anything. He kind of just stood there and... Before Clayton can do anything, Sora comes in, yells no, and then Tarzan's like, not Clayton. And then he does, he says this, e -ooh -ooh -ah -ah, or something like that. <laughs> that was a horrible impression. But he says something. He says, not Clayton. And it's like, when you think about it, it's like, what is he saying by that? And Clayton takes his gun away, his, his aim off of Kerjack and aims it at you. And then the boss fight begins. And we're mopping the floor with him. He doesn't stand a chance. And it isn't until he... It isn't until the boss fight stops midway that he uh, <laughs> he calls for backup. <laughs> and uh, when, he, when he gets on top of his backup and it rises up, you would think you would see something, right? No, you, you don't see anything. You hear it, and you see him rise up into the air, but it's like, uh, what's going on here? He's on a chameleon heartless, and this thing bodies Tarzan, because he's the first to run at him, but he Tarzan gets knocked back immediately, and then the, and then the second, the final part of the boss fight happens. And this one's actually tricky, because it can go either way. Your main focus is technically Clayton, but you can take out the the gecko or the chameleon heartless too for added bonus xp and also it'll make the battle honestly more it'll make it easier if you f take out the chameleon first because after you do that clayton falls off it and you just because let's be fair the chameleon is the true difficulty of this boss fight clayton is a pushover <laughs> and the crazy thing is clayton can actually heal himself if you're not careful i don't know how many times i think it's up to three i could be wrong maybe up to it's one to three times i'll leave it at that he can yeah he can just give himself a potion unfortunately not many bosses in the games can do that i believe in one only clayton and only yuffie have the ability to heal themselves. And I think when you fight Hades, if you shoot him with fire, that'll heal him, I think. I know in one of the games, if not more than one, he heals himself. So eventually, after this, um, I usually focus on the Chameleon. Really cool boss fight, though. Um, he pretty much is... The Chameleon just jumps around, shoots these laser beams at you, which is pretty crazy, like these homing beams at you. Um, he'll, like, swipe at you and stuff. And that's pretty much it. Clayton will do shooting. He'll shoot you from pretty much the other side. He's got some pretty decent aim. Most of the time when he fires, he'll hit somebody. Um, but yeah, other than that, the boss fight was fun. And it was kind of nuts, though. Clayton legitimately dies. I don't know if he got his heart taken, though, honestly. Because even though he was t killed by the Heartless, because the Heartless falls on top of him... The Heartless died in that process, so there was nowhere for his heart to... Excuse me. There was no Heartless to really take his heart there, you know? So I would say he legitimately just died at that point. Um, 
So yeah, it's not nearly as bad as how he died in the in the movie because he literally hung himself by accident, and you see the gru- you see the gruesome silhouette of that. But in this one, you see it. He gets crushed to death, and you hear him yell. You see his body get crushed by the chameleon. So I honestly don't know what's worse because you're seeing him crushed to death, and in the other one, you just see him. You see the silhouette of his body hanging. So it's like I kind of feel like this one's worse. Because, I mean, they're both excruciating ways to die. And let's be honest, either one, he could have still been alive for a couple of seconds, maybe even up to a minute afterwards. You never know. So, there we go. Um, after this, Kerjack just thanks you by throwing you out of the, out of the ape, out of the ape uh, area. That's that's very nice. He He throws you in the sky literally... Like uh, Team Rocket style, like we're blasting off again up into the sky. They even have that sound effect, and I'm just I was just sitting there like, really? We just saved you. Why are you throwing us out like this? We did nothing but save you guys this whole game, and I was I was legit. I'm still mad to this day how that how that happened, how that happened, like. I don't, I don't get a high five. I don't get a gorilla hug. Nothing. I just get thrown out of the camping of the gorilla grounds. Like that's that's just okay. Whatever, Kerjag. Forget you too. You're a jerk. Um. So now at this point we see Tarzan look at the beautiful waterfall that we're at now, and he just says, "Tarzan home." So we get this nice little section where we can venture be uh we get this venture behind the waterfall you know forget checking on jane and turk by the way we just go out and continue forward (laughs) and we uh have this nice little climbing segment where we climb up the rocks behind the waterfall and we can uncover some cool chests um climb some of the vines like i said i love these worlds because of the small platforming segments i'm I'm honestly a platform gamer at heart. That's one of my top favorite games, platforming games. And I like, I really did like how they had little pieces of that in this game. You know, mainly it's an action RPG, but they did incorporate nice sections of puzzles and uh, platforming segments. So that's, that, that's one of the biggest reasons why one is my favorite game out of them all to this day. But as we're doing this, um, I love I love the aesthetic the aesthetic of the deep jungle. How it it's mainly a bunch of greens, browns, and a lot of yellow. And then as you go from like this area to where it's more like dark blues and blacks behind the waterfall, uh, to even like the treetops where it's mainly green, going up to the um, deep uh, going up to the treehouse area. I just love that even though these worlds are small in a sense compared to how they are in three, you can still look out, especially from the highest point of this world, high, uh, really up top on the treehouse, and you can look out into the distance, and it, fe- it, it, it almost feels like you can go out that far, just go out and explore the whole jungle, and I love that, and that's what I loved especially too with Traverse Town, and why I loved Traverse Town, especially in uh, uh, Dream Drop Distance, how they expanded that world even more, how you can go into all the more other districts 
it just really made me feel just so awesome being able to explore more of that world and why I really, really, really hope Deep Jungle uh, returns someday. But as we go here, we venture into this secret area that is this kind of like this, what is it, uh, this big tree that's rooted into the rock. And it has this beautiful, like, white vine that shows a, it shows a keyhole in the tree. So when we get there, Jane and Turk mysteriously appear. <laughs> and um, yeah, glad, glad they're okay. Glad we didn't leave them to die or anything. <laughs> um, so they mention all, Jane mentions that you can hear the waterfall from the, from the, um, from right there. And it didn't seem like they were that far, honestly, from it, but whatever. It's a nice little um, effect that they had. And washing water, just water in general can be really relaxing. And how they have it in the game is really nice. And this is the point where Jane kind of starts to understand more of Tarzan's language and how when one of the most common things Tarzan says she finally realizes it's heart and we start to realize that Tarzan has a moral of the story he's like you know this adventure taught me one thing friends and home give you heart you know oh I'm I'm quoting it horribly I'm sorry I, I can't I can't I cannot do that I gotta fix this because <laughs> um let me see if I can Cage one Tarzan quote because it, it was it was simple but it was a really nice quote and I don't really, I don't want to butcher it here and I do like how they put in the subtitles how it looked like it looked like how Tarzan was cussing the whole time I thought that was kind of funny all right Tarzan didn't really have too many lines in this game but I mean like I said this was before he really learned English completely from Jane so. There we go. So, friends, same heart. Clayton, lose heart. No heart, no see friends. So, unfortunately, this is when Sora realizes that Tarzan wasn't showing him literally how to f where to find his friends. Like, he was telling him metaphorically, your friends are always with you in your heart. And if you ever lose your heart or ever act like how Clayton was, you can lose your heart and never see your friends or anyone else again. You become this, you just, you end up just dying. You end up succumbing to the darkness. And that's something that nobody really wants, excluding, you know, stupid people like Maleficent. <laughs> so that was actually kind of cool. Like Sora's kind of sad, but he starts to, him and Donald kind of realize, oh yeah, Sorry for what we did earlier. So that was cool that, that Sora and Donald both apologize. Uh, Sora did it first when Donald technically should have apologized first, but he did apologize, so that's the important thing. And, you know, Goofy comes in happy, like, yeah, all for one, huh? And this is when Sora is able to seal the keyhole after learning this powerful uh, after learning this powerful message and that's what's kind of cool like each world he does learn something new it is definitely a character arc 
that Sora goes through in this series, in this game especially, I should say. Uh, same with Riku, too. But after that, a, a gummy part pops out, and this is when they go back to the camp. And Jane kind of asks where their ship is, and they kind of go along the point of, oh, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it's out there. We should be taking off soon. You know, <laughs> kind of changing the subject. But, and this is the part I always love. Like, Tarzan just says, Sora, Tarzan, friends. Doesn't even bother mentioning Donald and Goofy. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. You and me, we're friends. Them, I, I don't give a crap. <laughs> That's essentially what Tarzan was saying there. And this is when you get your first Keyblade. Your first secondary Keyblade, I should say. And this is when they establish the whole... Uh, the, the, one of the best um, things about the game is unlocking new versions of your Keyblade. Getting these keychains, which essentially are... When you make a bond with someone, you essentially unlock a keychain for your Keyblade to change it for the better. Each Keyblade gets these special abilities... And I like that. It's uh, each thing like this is all all around. It's just around the whole idea of building your relationship with these characters and how it changes you and your strengths. Especially if you're building these positive relationships, you have these people who become a part of your heart. Your heart becomes stronger, and boom, now you're more reinforced. And it's just I, I really like how they handled that. And of course, this gives you this new bond you have with Tarzan, especially gives you the Jungle King Keyblade, which honestly, I it's one of my favorite Keyblades in one. Um, I really wish that one had the ability to upgrade your Keyblades so you could use them later on, even when they didn't get, even when um you had stronger Keyblades unlocked. But unfortunately, we don't so. I don't really get to use it very long. I mean, I get to use it for, like, I think two more worlds, technically. Yeah, well, a world and a half. But, yeah, I, I really like the design of it. And compared to the one you get next, I prefer Jungle King, honestly. But in this game, it really matters a lot which one you use. And two and onward, you can play around a bit with other ones and be okay. But in this one, you do have to upgrade to a higher attack Keyblade, otherwise you're gonna have a little bit of trouble. So, and unfortunately, this is the last time we ever have any story-related um, Tarzan stuff in the Kingdom Hearts series because of, like I said, the whole Edgar Wright's um, copyright issue um, and Disney never being able to secure the rights again. But as a whole, I feel like this was a really nice way to end it off Tarzan and them are safe they get to continue the storyline of the movie where Jane continues to teach Tarzan more as she teaches or she teaches him as he teaches her and they grow together into falling in love eventually and she gives up her life in England to live in the jungle with him and it's it's dope, man. I mean, the whole Tarzan story is really great. It's a, it's I can't emphasize more how much of a shame it is we don't get any more of that in the series. But that 
is pretty much concludes the story. There is other things you can do. Like I said, there's nice backtracking stuff you can do from doing the um, vine slide. You can come back and finish that. You can come back and do the trilogies because, or trilogies, the trinities because there's, I think, there's only blue. I think there's only blue trinities. No, I think there's a white one as well. So you have to come back because for most people, I'm sure you had Tarzan for most of your playthrough of this level. So you would have had to come back with just Sora, Dawn, and Goofy because only they can do the Trinities, which was a nice little um, way to kind of backtrack, which is clever. And there's other chests and stuff you need um, to get that you can't get unless you get more abilities like high jump and glide. So um, all around really interesting there's um a, a couple methods to where you can like make things make items to a degree in the camp area never really care to do it but there's that and there's other things you can do in the funnel mix version or if you have 1.5 you can come back and do some other things like the mushroom um mini games that'll grant you a uh what is it i think it gets you the the ability to wield ultima later on as well and i mean just coming back to vibe with tarzan and the music i mean too good and i forgot one thing too about the sliders so once you collect those and go into the cab uh, i almost said cavern when you go into the tent you can have jane play them and i found this interesting um at one point she shows this castle and it was Hollow Bastion. And Sora at this point says, Weird, I, I've i never been there, but I, it feels familiar for some reason. And that was another foreshadowing of Kyrie, who comes from Hollow Bastion. Now, mind you, I don't know why Jane has a thing of Hollow Bastion. Maybe England is her Hollow Bastion. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe she, I think that kind of shows she did come from Hollow Bastion and just never... But that would mean she traveled from the other world, another world to this. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Did any did anyone else ever wonder that? Why she had a slide of Hollow Bastion and not England? I don't know. Or maybe it was just a random castle that just looked like Hollow Bastion. But that wouldn't really make much sense. I don't know. So we're going to end this episode off with a couple different things I found out. And if I can find them real quick. Oh, wait, did I? I think I goofed. Hold up. Don't I have it? There was this thing I had where it was showing the fun facts about Tarzan's world. Uh-oh. Okay, I got to look it up again. Hold up. Deep jungle. All right, so... This is taken from the Kingdom Hearts wiki at kingdomhearts.fandom.com. And if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a couple of things I thought that was interesting here. So of course, in some of the in some of the treasure chests you can find three, six, nine, twelve, about twelve <clears throat> about twelve of the Dalmatians puppies, which is good. Oh, actually there's two minigames. There's the jungle slider, and then there's the vine swinging, which is also a minigame. I didn't realize so here are three trivia 
items of Deep Jungle. So the first one is, while Deep Jungle wasn't included in Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories nor the remake due to copyright issues, the world, the characters, and the story involved from the first Kingdom Hearts game is still as much a part of the storyline of the series as any of the other worlds. Creator Tetsuya Nomura did intend to add the world into the game as seen in a rough sample of the game being made. The world was removed when Square Enix couldn't sh- wouldn't, excuse me, couldn't secure permission from the original copyright holders of the Tarzan license to use the world in the game. The native Power Wilds and Bouncy Wilds were then moved to Olympus Coliseum. So that makes sense. And also why we didn't really see them again until 3. Because we saw them in 1 in Chain of Memories and they just vanished again until 3, which was odd. But yeah, so honestly, I even even if they were going to be included in Chain of Memories, I don't think we would have probably gotten them again outside of that, honestly. Unless they decided to add in some original stories or anything. But I mean, hey, we got Agrabah and Neverland and Olympus throughout the series with either their own stories or kind of an expansion of the first movie like Olympus was. But I don't know. I don't think Tarzan would have been as popular enough in the community to bring it back for more stuff but that would have been really cool um so this is what i did mention too earlier in the camp right outside the tent there was a table with some objects on it among them is a teapot and a cup which bear a uncanny resemblance to mrs potts and chip as was also seen in the movie and the last one is after completing the events that transpire within the deep jungle there was a cutscene which depicts a captured princess of heart before the disney villains if the player was already locked, uh, excuse me. If the player has already unlocked Wonderland, or excuse me, locked Wonderland. I don't know why I kept saying lock, unlocked. This is Alice. But if they have not, it is Snow White. So I goofed. The cutscene that I mentioned in the previous episode actually happens here, which means I totally forget what cutscene happens after Snow White. Then, but yeah, and below you can actually see some nice gallery pictures of how they uh drew the worlds to kind of bring them to life and they look really good i really need to get the kingdom arts art book i think it's kingdom arts ultimania but the art is just so beautiful it's it's just really well drawn and this makes me want to see how this game would look in three uh in in the three graphics I know someday they probably will remake 3 and give them these graphics and stuff because, I mean, that's part of the gaming industry is remaking old games. I think that would be really fun. But I think that's all I have to say about Tarzan's world. Um, I, uh, I can't really think of anything else that's major enough to really talk about, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. If there's anything you want to... Um, bring up on this episode feel free to let me know um, either by emailing me at nicklock uh, nl at gmail.com with the subject aok radio and you'll get a shout out on the next episode or um, just message messaging me on instagram um, my ig is i dot escape dot i and all that is also going to be in the show notes below and also in the outro so that's there 
Uh, next episode, we will be talking about Olympus Coliseum. And honestly, from there, we're probably gonna go. We're probably gonna also include Agrabah as well because our first visit in Olympus is short because it takes. You don't really complete Olympus until close to the end of the f actual game itself. But I like how they handled that. So, until next time, I will see you in the next episode. Until then, may your heart be your guiding key. Ooh, another chapter concludes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating if possible, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way more people can see it, whether it's either from you or in their suggestion feed. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in the next episode. But due to my podcasts avail being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries to ensure I see a rating, uh, either send me a, an email with the subject AOK Radio or messaging me on Instagram, which is i.escape.i. So my social medias, my other social medias, I should say, and other projects like I Believe in Monsters, my short story narrations, and more are linked in the show notes below. And feel free to message me with any suggestions for future episodes. And if you ever want to be featured on one as well to talk about whatever subject, Hit me up there as well. Special shout out for Emac for uh, producing the beat. Always love you. That is used as my outro and the song featured in my EP Canvas District. The intro song used is titled The Unstoppables, produced by me. A link to all those is also in the show notes. This is AOK -OK Radio, signing off. There is always more to seek. So, Go forth and seek it.